and this is Philip. And we are your Bible Bomberman. Let's drop some bombs! You were supposed to say that with me. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Let's, Let's drop, drop some, some bombs! We're about to talk about lust, but first we have a sponsor, and this is an amazing podcast where two guys talk so much about controversial topics using the Bible, and it's called the Bible Bomb. Oh, wait. Are we sponsoring Oops. ourselves? Oops. Wrong podcast. Okay, never mind. No sponsor. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, yeah, I guess we're sponsoring ourselves like, right. like normal. Oops. Um, I sponsored us. At, I, I was preaching at the, the church in Leedy the other day, and I, I was advertising That's this a, podcast. Oh. Because our last episode about the Old Testament, I just went and used that as my notes for a Bible oh, class. Oh, that's good. Because I was like, this is a fun subject. So Yeah, something that yeah. nobody ever talks about, it seems like. Okay, what we're, what we're going to talk about tonight is kind of a um, deep, sensitive subject. What we want to say at the very beginning is that if, if you have any little children around, um, th- this episode has some, has some content that is not appropriate or is not something that, you know, if, if you don't feel like your kids are uh, ready to talk about lust and some uh, sexual stuff, you know, if they're not at that age yet, then you might want to put earphones in earphones what is this 2012 if you want to put earpods in or something then you you can do that (laughs) all right so lust it basically means wanting what is not yours wanting what you you can't have in our episode we're specifically talking about uh, sexual lust so that that's what that basically means is is that you want someone now this is a, a really big issue most sin, bad. most sin has to do with, or there are some sins that have to do with destroying yourself. There are some sins that have to do with manipulating and using other people. This one's kind of both. And <laughs> th- yeah, this one definitely can be both, but it especially has to do with using and manipulating other people in such a horrible way. This is something that starts with looking where you shouldn't be looking it's not just about doing a physical act but it's about uh the heart so uh what did jesus say matthew 5 verses 27 through 28 you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery but i say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart Okay, so this is where it starts. It starts when you, with a certain way that you look, and, you know, it comes from the heart. Now, before we go any further, we want to clarify that Jesus is not forbidding that guys like girls, or that guys are attracted to girls. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if that were true, then uh, none of us would be here. Yeah, and (laughs) I would uh, would have to hide my wife in a cage so nobody could ever see her. you wouldn't really be able to have a (laughs) wife because... You would be forbidden to be attracted to her. That would be horrible. That, that was. So if, if, if you have teenage boys, you know, or, or preteens, don't tell them that it's bad for them to like girls. Or don't or make them feel guilty about it. You know, that's not what we're talking about. God designed men to have a natural attraction towards uh, women, and that's a good thing. You know, otherwise no one would want to get married and yeah. repopulate the earth. <laughs> I think there's a big difference between liking girls and looking upon one with lust. Yeah, there is a big difference. And let's see what lust actually looks like. You know, what a sexual lust actually looks like painted for us in the Bible. Go ahead and read what happens to David in Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 2. All right. Now when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful in appearance. Basically, all he did was he he saw her. <clears throat> first of all, first of all, <clears throat> David's supposed to be at war. Yeah. Um, but he decided, decided to stay home instead. So we don't really know what he was doing. I don't know if he was suspecting to see someone on the roof or yeah. if he was going there to look. I to have see heard if some people talk about like it's, Jesus. I mean Jesus. David uh, knew exactly what he was doing uh, on the roof. Like it's not the first time so, he's been yeah. on the roof. That's but, that's very possible. But, but yeah, it's not like um, confirmed. It 
and he he does it does say you know he he does know this was Uriah the Hittite's wife, so he does know. He knows. He well, knows them. well, it says in the next verse he sent and inquired about the woman. So okay. It didn't matter. <laughs> the, it didn't matter. The the thing is that he saw her, and what he should have done was go back inside the house. <laughs> what he should have done was look away. Okay, so David didn't sin by seeing her. Obviously, we mm-hmm. can't always control what we see. You know, we will see an inappropriate well, billboard down the highway, yeah. you know. It clear, okay, you can clearly tell that this is with lust because he's a married man, for one thing. And for another thing, he he's the next thing it says women. is he inquired of her. So, what what do you think he was thinking about when he saw a beautiful woman? He wasn't just like, oh, she's beautiful, but I need to stay away from that area so I don't. No, he, he's like, I wonder who she is. What David should have like, done was yeah. go back to the battle. And, <laughs> you know, that what else could, I mean, what yeah. a better thing to clear his mind than to go fight in a war? Now, David, you know, you guys know the story. David saw her, basically kidnaps her and rapes her. Um, we, we don't know if she was consenting at all. But and then to cover it up, he murders her husband, who was very loyal to him. So, a big mess. So, all it all started from just him looking, from his heart not being in the right place. Now, thankfully, we know the rest of the story. David repented, and we'll see him in heaven one day. You know, phew. Unlike Solomon, <laughs> you know, Solomon's lust led him to idolatry. And, you know, that was a really, really bad, you know, 700 wives who made him sacrifice to other gods. So, yeah, that's another example that's why you're not supposed David to marry repented. unbelievers. Solomon, you know, he went down, and we don't have it recorded for us if he repented or not before he died. But I'm, I hope he did. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Big mess, you know, huge mess. I mean, so many problems could be prevented from happening just mm-hmm. by you looking the other way and distracting yourself. Your eternity, too, not your just eternity. your life here. <laughs> your eternity, but you continuing to look, and your thoughts could destroy not only your life, but that girl's life, you know, or whoever you're lusting after. And yes, I also want to clarify, you know, this episode is mostly geared towards boys who are struggling with lust. Uh, we do also recognize that uh, girls are, you know, the number of girls struggling with lust is increasing or who are addicted to or who watch uh, pornography. You know, I kind of think guys and girls might watch porn for different reasons, but... I could be wrong because I'm not a girl. Well, we're guys. We are guys, and I'm someone who has been through this. Yeah. And I want to help guys overcome this. And I do want girls to listen to this podcast so that you can have some insight to how big of a struggle this is for us. You know, this this episode is is for Christians, you know, uh, Christians who, who want to overcome this issue. This might actually be... One of, if not the most common sin between fellow believers in Christ, because thinking about the numbers, like looking at the numbers, the statistics about people who in church who are watching porn actively every few months, at least, is insane. So it's like, not what you want to think about, but holy cow, so many Christians struggle with this. You know, God built it into men to be attracted to women, but his design is that sex be only between husband and wife which means we gotta have self-control so this lack of self-control has led to billions of dollars being made in kidnapping and selling little girls and women and even some boys starving them and using them for sex and sport you know treating them like animals torturing them billions of dollars in pornography which has kept men and women in mental slavery destroying marriages, ruining real sex for married couples, billions of dollars being made in Hollywood for exploiting women as objects and shoving all kinds of in-your-face nudity into your minds that will stick into your brain. And, you know, lust leads to uh, pedophilia, murder, like we've seen in the story of David, divorce, incest, rape, straight-up bad sex, erectile dysfunctions, disrespectful manners, thinking of uh, women as less than human, and inability to communicate with women, all because you just couldn't look the other way and start thinking about something else. Yeah, so talk I about gotta, snowball I gotta effect. say another thing that uh, you didn't mention on the list is um, your your um, 
I can't think of the word. Uh, oh, confidence. confidence. <laughs> it it, help, oh, it yeah. makes people really struggle with their confidence, yeah. especially because, especially Christians who are fighting it. Because uh, a lot of times, when you once you get knocked down and you know how perverse it is, it can really knock your confidence. But uh, okay, and then another thing you mentioned there, oh, talking about how many things that's like in movies, commercials. Oh, all I didn't that. even reference AIDS diseases. Yeah, is that what yeah. you that, that what you're gonna no, say? Oh. No, no, I, I was gonna mention <laughs> one of my, I think it was my first memory of ever like seeing something and really like it was like my entry into being addicted to porn, pornographic images and stuff was literally at a grocery store and it was a poster. Yeah. In a grocery store. Um, and I was like a kid. Like, how are you yeah. going to avoid that? It's I remember so difficult. walking into a 7-Eleven one time and just the very first thing I saw was this a magazine rack full of, you know, and you guys know it was just bad. It's everywhere. You know, yeah. it is everywhere. It's in your face. And it's the devil trying to, it really is the devil trying to drag people down to hell with them and do all these kinds of terrible things. So, this all sounds kind of negative, but what we want to do in, in this podcast is, you know, we, we want to help you guys win. You know, this is overcome or a bull, you know, just like every other sin in the Bible, you know, it can be defeated with God's help, but you got to want it. So, yeah, this episode is, is for the sincere guys who want to please God, you know, people who have deeply struggle with this who become christians who still have some of those old bad thoughts popping into their heads mm -hmm. and those uh, temptations trying to drive them you know, back down you know it is a very difficult thing let's see what god has to say about this in first thessalonians 4 all right first thessalonians 4 verses 3 through 5 for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immortality, that... Immorality. Immor <laughs> sexual... Immortality should be abstained from, too. Yeah, I've heard a preacher make that same mistake before. It's, it's, <laughs> it's funny, but... Okay, anyway. Abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in a lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. All right, so this is God's will, is that we abstain, that, that you know, we be pure, clean, and holy. So this, th this is very serious. We as Christians cannot do the work of God. We can't evangelize. We can't go out and make a difference. We can't be lights if we're, if we're fighting this so hard. Or, or if, if, if we're not pure, uh, we're not clean. Like, how can we help other people if... If we're the ones that need help, we need to be pure and holy and fit Gotta vessels for God's the spirit. Plink out of your own eye first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially yeah. that. But it is definitely God's will for us to be clean and holy. I want to stress this one more time: sex isn't bad. Okay, so it's it's for marriage. Okay, it's a gift. Wait. <laughs> yeah. The, the point of, of, the, of this episode is to teach guys how to wait for marriage and then to be faithful in their marriages, okay? So, first things first. We're talking about the biblical answers here for overcoming lust, and what you normally hear is people talk about accountability partners and things that you can do on the internet. Like, when I was in high school, I always hear people talk about how they had this thing where if they, they put the software on their phone or downloaded this app, where, and they would have this accountability partner where if they ever went on a questionable a website, it would send a text message to their friend or their accountability partner. So then they just say, hey, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Then they would, they, would, they would hold the other person accountable. They, you know, you, you can block websites and have people hold you yeah. accountable. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's a great thing. It's, um, it's a very good way to start. Yes. But it's not going to help long term because... You, you can find a way around accountability partners if you really, it's, really want to yeah. look at porn. You know, you, you can find ways to cheat. <laughs> um, what we're trying, what the, the Bible really wants for us is to change us from the inside out. And yes. putting restrictions on your body, you're eventually going to explode because you have that desire building up, building up, building up inside of you. 
and you yes. know you just can't fight it anymore and then you explode so it's basically uh, like we've talked about in the past about the law versus the the law of sin and death versus the law of the spirit i mean god is not after us of following these rules and line by line he's interested in our heart so mm -hmm. if you do end up blocking everything and living out in the jungle so you can never see porn ever again but you still lust after women in your heart that's not gonna that's not gonna make a difference yeah it, so yeah exactly yeah it, it's so the, our conformity is not gonna so change the heart those ac extra tools will be handy because they'll help block you off and help the temptation not be around you as much and might help with that but the goal overall is going to be the heart the long-term goal is the heart and that's what needs to be changed in the end and why is it that having our physical friends know that we might look at porn why is that going to stop us but knowing that god the one who has authority to cast us into hell is watching us isn't good enough to stop us Anyways, um, <laughs> just you might want to think about that for a minute. All right, so what Jesus wants for his saints is to be sanctified from the inside out. If you change the heart first, then you can defeat lust. Yes, okay. Here's another thing. This is something that, especially before I was a Christian, this is what I heard all the time, and I would fight. Um, I would use this first to help fight against temptation, and you would hear immediately, resist the devil, and he'll, he will flee, which... Is true. It's in Scripture, James four seven. Mm -hmm. But they're missing a lot of the context, and so when you think about, it, you're like, oh, I'll use my mental power against the devil and fight him off. So hopefully, well, let's read the the full verse. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And submitting to God is before resisting the devil. So, how are you gonna beat the devil without God on your side? And that is extremely important. The very first, I mean, the very next verse is verse 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Again, mentioning the heart. Yep. And that's what we're really after. Now, drawing near to God is one of the most important things to do, which uh, segues into our next point. Open communication with God. So we're, we're, we're talking about defeating lust. If you don't have open communication with God, then you aren't going to win at all. So read what uh, Hebrews 4, 14 and 16, and it's kind of, it's kind of a parallel passage to what, what you just read. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need all right so if you want to defeat this terrible sin you have to first know that god is on your side so god really does care about you and god wants you to win so God wants to help. So when you draw near to God with this confidence, you got to understand that God is not thinking of you as a pervert or disgusting or you're a bad boy and you need a spanking, you know. <laughs> he is thinking of you as his child, you know, as, as someone that he really wants to help overcome this. You, you got to come to him on his terms, obviously. you got to be in Christ and then you got to, basically what God wants is for you to keep open an honest communication with him you know tell him that you are struggling tell him that you still have this struggle or that you are tempted or tell him that if you gave in to a temptation straight up tell him and yeah. there's no reason not to because god already knows <laughs> it says he can sympathize with our weakness and he's been through it says as it says here he's been through these same I don't temptations think, uh, jesus was tempted with lustful temptations he never uh, he never gave in to it but he he was tempted in all things so the temptations that you're you're struggling with jesus faced also and he won so jesus being all there alongside you you know he, he's there to help you win um as well but you got to be honest with him and you got to know that you can approach his his throne of grace with 
confidence and not not fear you know that he's gonna yeah. judge you if, if you're not honest with him if you're playing games about it then yeah god's gonna judge you and you should be afraid but you know <laughs> when you come to him with honesty lay everything out before him because he uh, already knows then he's ready to to help you out yeah. um i like to think of fighting temptations as uh similar to working out so when you're working out you got two main things to think about you got the what you call like the working out part i guess getting fit uh you use weights resistance training you, you run uh things along those lines and that you can think of more as resist the devil and he will flee you can think about avoiding temptation as much as you can but the other part about getting fit and getting in shape is your diet what you're putting into your body and that can go into the word you need a part of the word you need to be a part of the church you need to be involved with people that you can trust and as we're going to mention next put some time aside to let the spirit speak to you through his word yep so this is our our third point so our or i should say step this is like a five-step recovery program i don't know so our third step in defeating lust is or at least that you know we think might help is um sacrifice about 45 minutes or an hour every day to read your bible like whoa that's a big chunk of my day what a you know what if i have to work what if i have to mow the lawn okay how bad do you want to win this struggle is the question you know how, do you really want it because if you do then yeah you're gonna have to sacrifice you're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're, you're, you're going to have to block out time that you would be doing something else. If that means getting less hours of work, if that means getting up earlier, that means sacrificing your TV time, then, or even if all the dishes don't get clean, you need a big chunk of your day devoted to studying the Word of God. Because this is how you're going to get changed from the inside out, is by the Word of God coming in. I think a lot of people overestimate how long it actually takes to do Bible reading as well. Like, I mean, is the longer the better, I would say. But, of course, I've been starting recently to try to get one chapter in a day at least. And it takes about five minutes, I think, <laughs> to do a chapter. And sometimes less, sometimes slightly more. But you can, if you, okay, here's an example. You The Bible app. The U version is like the most popular one. They have a listening part where you can listen while you read, and it only takes like a couple minutes per chapter. Like it goes so fast, and it's crazy because he's not like blah 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 blah. He's literally just like oh no no, <laughs> like normal pace. I don't like it doesn't even to take the U really version because he sounds so monotone. Like. I, want I have like some, his have voice. Some fire or something. What are you talking about? <laughs> it sounds kind of boring. When I'm ever, I, whenever I'm I read in my Bible, I always imagine you know power voice like preaching while I'm. Well, when you listen to the Sermon on the Mount, that's what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but you really do have to dedicate a lot of your time, and you know this is time that maybe you were looking at porn, but now you're doing this instead. You know, this helps you block out time. To do this instead of what you were doing so uh, when you study jesus for, for, first of all you can't go look at at the bible as if you're looking for rules you know so when um god asked moses what he wanted moses said show, show me your glory you know i and moses said i want to know your ways and that's what we're doing when we read our bibles that we want to know jesus's ways you know what 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 is his life like what who is he like what does he do do like what makes him him what makes jesus jesus you know study that put drill that into your head start uh, memorizing scripture and um repeat it yep he's our model <laughs> you know, not just matthew mark luke and john you got to get the whole the whole thing because really it is all of the new testament what is describing jesus like the fruit of the spirit you know galatians 5 describes jesus what is a um, christian Follower of Christ. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so read, read what James 1.21 says. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. 
All right, so implanted means rooted. So, you know, a root is what makes the tree not easily coming out when it's windy outside or... Yeah, if trees didn't have... <laughs> if they didn't have roots, they'd be logs on or, the ground. Or any plants. You know, if they didn't have roots, they'd just be flying flying around. It, it's the root that makes it that makes it stick. So we got to receive the word implanted. And the Bible says it's able to save our souls. It's not... Um, just glance at a verse every day that that's going to save our souls it, it's it's um receiving the word implanted you know that when you study jesus and know his ways that's really where you're going to start seeing transformation coming if you're struggling with lust but the only bible you get is what the preacher says on sunday and wednesday then no you're not going to win that fight you know you got to really study what the word says for um uh, for yourself and have fun with it you know it's it's fun studying the bible fun read uh, romans 12 2 all right and do not i'm gonna use the yelly voice like you said and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of god is that which is good and acceptable and perfect wow i just forgot that your kids are sleeping so I shouldn't do that. That's okay. <laughs> um, that, yeah, that was, that was, um, I don't know what that was. I don't either. I've never heard preaching like that before. You should uh, preach that. <laughs> um, transformation is the goal. If you're not renewing your mind, you're not going to be transformed. Now, how can you renew your mind without the scriptures? You know, it's, it's the scriptures going into your mind. When you read something, those words go into your mind. You know, and when you keep reading and studying Jesus and knowing his ways, that that's going into yep. your, your mind. And guess what's going out? The yep. bad stuff. You know, the, the more you put in Jesus, the more yep. the bad stuff leaves. And then the spirit transforms you. Yep. What, what goes in the ears eventually comes out the mouth. Because, <laughs> yeah, because these bad thoughts... They're being replaced by holy thoughts. When you're studying the scripture, you know, the, those, those are holy words that are going into yeah. your thoughts. And, you're th and the more you memorize, the more you know, the more you're thinking about what the scripture says. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it's um, resistance. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen to the, what God has to say through his word. You got to put stuff in and keep stuff out at the same time. Mm -hmm. But it's impossible to do one without the other. All right. So our fourth point, you know, we just put a lot of emphasis on reading your Bible, but it's not good enough just to read it. You really, what you need to do is believe it. <laughs> so, and yes, you know, you thought I was going to say works, right? Faith without works is, you know, be <laughs> uh, doers of the word. Yeah, well. No, we're not there yet, you know. Before you become a doer of the word, you have to believe the word. Um, you have to believe what the Bible says about you. Read what 1 Corinthians three sixteen and 7, 17 says. All right. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. All right, so... Paul repeats this in 1 Corinthians 6, where the context is actually more about sexual immorality there. But I want to point out uh, this one because he just straight up says, you are holy. You know, the yeah. temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. Yeah. Now, what did we do to deserve that? Well, nothing. You know, God made us holy. The, that, that, that was God's work in us, is that he made us holy. So when you're reading and studying your Bible, and you come across this scripture that says you are holy, well, what about all the lustful thoughts? Well, yeah. well, no, the, the Bible is telling you that you are holy. You know, this is who you are now. <laughs> and what you need to do is uh, believe it. Basically, uh, long story short, you went into the water of your baptism, filthy, spiritually filthy, <laughs> and then yeah. you came out clean, you know, spiritually clean. That's why God uses water. <laughs> To, in yeah. baptism read what Galatians 3:27 says all right for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself in Christ don't get those clothes dirty yeah okay so. well the don't get your clothes dirty part was my addition <laughs> so clothed 
with Christ. You know, you have Christ on you. You got to remember Christ is perfect. You know, he's holy. Yep. He is the greatest of all time. The ultimate yeah. goat, right? Goat. <laughs> he, um, he interacted with many women on his journeys. He didn't la- he, and he didn't lust after any of them. Yep. You know, and now he's, you know, you are wrapped in him. You are clothed with him. You know, Jesus was a man. You know, he had the same kind of attractions we do. But marriage wasn't a part of his plan because that would have slowed him down, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> marriage is not for every Christian. But um, for most of us, yeah. I would say it is. Well, yeah, Paul describes it as, <laughs> um, he says, if you, if the lust overwhelms you, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but this is what he said. If the lust is overwhelming you, it's good for you to be married. Yeah, if it, you better to marry than to yeah. burn with passion. Yeah. Jesus, you know, he was he, he he never even got married. And but at, but yet he still never gave in to his lust. You know, we are clothed with him. That's something the Bible tells us that we need to believe. What about Romans 6, 5 through 11? For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. There is a lot in this scripture, and this chapter is packed of information about who you are. So, what this it's telling you that you are free from sin and sin can't tell you what to do. Now, now if you're a new Christian and you always struggle with lust and now you're in Christ and th- those temptations are coming, back, are coming back, it might not feel like you are free. You know, you, yeah. you may not feel like you are um, completely freed from sin. It doesn't matter because the Bible is telling you that you are. Yep. So You are holy. <laughs> um Scripture is based on logic and reason and facts and not on emotions. So you, you may feel at the moment that, man, I'm, I'm still in, enslaved. Well, the Bible is telling you that you are free. So you yeah. got to decide if you're going to listen to the Bible or if you're going to listen to that voice inside your head, which might be Satan, who if, if he's telling you that, that you're not free. Yeah, actually, actually, I feel like my testimony is pretty, like, this is exactly what was going through my head at the time of, of my baptism. It was the part of the service at the end of the sermon where they're like, if anybody wants to come up and uh, needs prayers or help or something like that, come up. And I was like, I felt like the sermon hit me hard and I was in a pretty dark place in my life. So I went up and I wanted to talk to the preacher and we went in the, he took me in a back room and was talking and I was like, I need help. Like, getting ready because I want to be saved I want to be baptized but I just I need help before I because I feel like I'm not ready yet and I feel like I'm just gonna fail right away and and then what do you know he's like (laughs) he's like oh well that's why you're failing you don't have the Holy Spirit's help in this you're you are ready you're I'm I was ready to repent I was repenting I didn't want to be in a part of it anymore so this is exactly what I was going through at that moment in time. Yeah. And uh, I was so happy to have that conversation with him because he's like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you can't, you, you can't even start. I mean, you can try. I mean, it's different for everybody. But yeah. if, if you're still dead in your transgressions, if you haven't obeyed the gospel and you need God's help. So Romans 6 what it says about you being free from this doesn't apply to you if you're not in Christ. <laughs> so after you're baptized, you know, this is when the real work, you yeah. know, you, you, you at least have the repentance yeah. there. But Temptation won't go away. Yeah, but this is what helps you is knowing and believing, yeah, I am dead to sin. So, so when you get those temptations now and you have the scripture memorized, you're going to say, oh, I'm dead to that. Yep. You know, I'm alive to Christ. I am dead to lust. If you view yourself as a failure, then you're, you're going to keep on failing. 
you view yourself as a winner, then failure will not stop you if you do fail. Because people who see themselves as a winning as a winners keep trying until they win. So here's some advice that I like from the book Cleansing Inside of the Cup, or Cleansing the Inside of the Cup by Jay Wilson, who some of you guys know, some of you guys don't. Um, anyways, <laughs> I would recommend ch checking that book out on Amazon. It's not you're not gonna find it at a store, um, but he has he has this thing called present positive affirmative, where when you're renewing your mind to be transformed, this is a good way to take what the scripture says about you. You gotta do it a present positive affirmative way. So, for example, present, I am pure, not I will be pure. So, if you keep saying I'll, I will be pure, then you know, that, that never really comes because, you know, that's a procrastinating statement. I'm not pure yet, but I will be. Well, that, that's never going to come. It's, it's I am pure. you got to tell yourself that you are pure now. You know, Paul told the, the Corinthians that they were holy. Even though they had all those struggles, he was yeah. reminding them that they were holy. Positive, I am pure, not I am not lustful. So if you're thinking about, if, if you're telling yourself I'm not lustful or I don't think lustful thoughts anymore well then <laughs> you're, you're th thinking yeah. about lust still you know you're, you're, that image is still in your head you, you gotta tell you tell yourself that you are pure then affirmative you gotta say I am pure even if my character hasn't caught up or even if your character hasn't caught up to that spiritual reality yet so even if you're still fighting you still gotta tell yourself you are pure for example Noah God gave him the faith picture of the ark and in Noah's mind the ark was a done deal before he even started to work on it. You know, we got to have that same faith. Same with yeah. Abraham. You know, Isaac was a done deal before Isaac was born. Us being pure in character, we got to view ourselves as that's a done deal even before you begin to work on yourself. Yeah. So it's, it's just faith. You know, it's, it's yeah. knowing that, you know, you are pure even if your character hasn't caught up to that spiritual reality yet. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Uh, need to write it on my wall. <laughs> okay, so last point, and yeah, we're talking about read the word, believe it, and then and then you act on it. The greatest command of all time, love. Okay, when I say it like that, that sounds like a romance, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm ta we're actually talking about agape. So love is the motivation. Now, you guys probably weren't thinking I was going to say that now. Um, what? You guys know Christianity was all about love? It really is. What? I know sometimes we, we don't sound like it when we talk about LGBT and abortion, but you know it, it really is. You know we we do this out of love. Core anyway, God read, is love. Yeah, read Second Peter one five through seven. All right. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellent excellence and in your moral excellence knowledge and in your knowledge self-control and in your self-control perseverance and in your perseverance godliness and in your godliness brotherly kindness and in your brotherly kindness love. All right, so love really is where God's going with this. Is is you know, God, His design for the church is creating a group of people who just love each other. You know, love each other to death. Oh, um, <laughs> not like murder, but like <laughs> so true sacrificial love. So love is the motivation for everything, everything that we do. So if you love your wife, you're not going to be lusting after other girls. You know, that's mm -hmm. both agape, phileo, and eros, or with the other one, I forget. I think marriage is wrapped up in all four of those. You know, if you love your wife, you're not going to be lusting after other girls. If you love your sisters in Christ, or even women who are lost, no, this is agape, um, maybe even phileo. If you love them, you're not going to be lusting after them. Because lust is selfish, yeah. but love is selfless. So if, if you love your sister in Christ, you're not going to be thinking about her in a inappropriate way because you know you know she's worth more than that you know she's yeah. she, you know she she is a human being i'm not going to think of her in a way that's selfish and only profits me that benefits me you know because it's selfish so if you love your sisters in christ or even women who are lost you're not going to be lusting after them and if you, it's it's as you were talking about earlier thinking about your identity thinking about uh, i'm a holy saint um, who loves women. Now be humble. Not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but it's reality, though. And uh, 
and when you when that's your identity in Christ, holy saint means something different to a Christian than it might mean to a non-Christian. It makes sound yeah. prideful, I mean, but I mean, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's a, you're actually a servant when you're a holy saint. But anyway, uh, if that's your identity in in Christ, that's your true identity, and you love women, then yeah, you wouldn't be lefting after. It gets nasty. Lust and love make are, you feel oppos- sick. are opposites. And it, Big, that's not going to be your natural feeling, especially if you're fighting the temptations as we speak or if you're a new Christian. It might not be a natural thing, but that's, that's why transformation is so important to pursue every single day. Read what uh, Romans 5.5 5 says. All right. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Right, so it, it's all from, this is all from the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, is pouring out love into us. Now, this is some, another thing for you that, that you need to believe that the Scripture says about you. Love is also a fruit of the Spirit, and self, you know, self-control is the last one. Love is the first one. I think it's like a circle because love produces self-control. And we have self-control because of love because of god's love the way we love god and the way we love other people so lust can be defeated but it's by god's plan of the mind being set on things of the spirit now why did i never hear about any of this stuff at youth group or church camp it was always just the accountability partners or you're all broken you're all gonna go sin anyways or just try harder you know just fight it Okay. Just fight like what's that? Just the devil, <laughs> and flee, and he'll flee. Like, like it's it's missing so much. <laughs> like how? Like how do we do that? Yeah, you know they would talk about um, putting on the full armor of God. Like how do we do that though? Like read what Romans eight five through twelve says. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who has raised, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. That was some power, power scriptures right there. So basically what this is saying, you know, Romans 7 basically talked about put yourself under law. You're going to get in that cycle of I do what I don't want to do. I don't do what I want to do. You know, that's that that's the kind of poison that lust that most of us can I, loves. I, identify <laughs> Most of us can identify with is, you know, I can't stop it. I hate it, but I can't stop it because I like it too much. But Romans 8 gives us the answer. You know, it's put your mind on things of the, of, of the spirit. You yes. know, this is how you defeat it. And then down there in verse 11 and 12, you know, defeating, putting to death the deeds of the body by the spirit. So it's really the spirit helping you accomplish this. So the Bible does tell us the answers of how to defeat the sin now mm-hmm. we do have other episodes dealing with overcoming sin in general i think episodes five six and seven new creation <laughs> yeah it gives a lot more information on how to be a new creation and to overcome sin and take on his character and you know be perfect as he is perfect kind of stuff um you definitely should go listen to those as well because we get into a lot more uh, detail about those but uh, what uh, uh, romans 8 says and romans 6 you know that that helps us, you know. That's not something yeah. that I've ever heard when I was struggling with lust as a teenager. I never heard any of this stuff. I always yeah. just heard, "We're broken. You're sinners. You're gonna sin anyways." You know, that's not from yeah. s- scripture. Is being taken out of context. That leads <laughs> to exactly uh, where I was before I was baptized. Like, 
I didn't, I, I was like, I, I'm, I felt like a slave to sin. I was like, I didn't, I feel like I wasn't worthy of God yeah. yet, which is a sad, sad place to be. But, but yeah. false. Uh, thankfully, these scriptures tell us that we, you know, you as men, we can man up, we can win. Now, God does the big work, but guys, it takes, I mean, it's going to take everything we've got. No, yeah, it takes a lot of easy. mind, takes a lot of mind exercise, uh, blood, sweat, and prayers. Mostly mind exercise, you know, renewing your mind, memorizing it. Yep. You, you can't get bored. You know, you, you got to keep going. You got to spend a lot of your time in the word, at the assembly, hanging out with other Christians. Um, get rid of those bad movies and bad music. You know, make sure that yep. your mind is being full of the, the good things. That's, that's something that, like, when temptation is the most dangerous is when you're not vigilant, when you're not... You're not oh, doing anything. You're not aware... You're not being aware, but I will say that temptation is not sin, and I, I'm sure we already said that by now. But temptation is not sin. Well, yeah, but Jesus if was you tempted. allow, yeah, but if you allow temptation in your life, that leads to sin. So think about how much you're exposing yourself to. How much can you limit it? Because that's something you can control, and that will beat you down over time. And so ex exposing yourself to temptation is not a smart thing for you to do. That's playing with fire. Yeah. And so... Very, very um, dangerous uh, so, territory there. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, ladies... And gentlemen. Who are listening. No, specifically ladies. Especially, <laughs> like, um, especially, especially wives. Wives... You got a husband that's struggling with this. You need to have his back, help him. Do not have a judgmental attitude. Do not punish him. <laughs> don't be like, we're not having sex until until <laughs> you are free from porn for two months. You know, don't do anything like that. You know, Be patient, loving, understanding. Don't let him get away with this either. You know, Don't um, tolerate it. But um, help him. Um, yeah, the the most important person to uh, somebody fighting sin is going to be their spouse. Yeah. So uh, if you come out and you expose yourself to this extremely personal topic and probably the most personal subject that is possible to your spouse, and it's so emotional, and then they turn around and like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? I'm so mad at you, and he beat you up, and <laughs> like. You're like that's gonna violate a lot of trust, and it's gonna it's gonna put a big terror in that relationship. So, if you care for your husband or your wife, but if yeah. you care for your husband and want to see him in heaven with you one day, you want to help him, and you don't want to be so judgmental. Even if you feel that way emotionally, because your emotions will probably feel that way, I can pretty much guarantee it. But let you me tell need. you, he need he needs your help and your support. If he if he comes to this. you with something like that, I guarantee you, he is desperate for help, like hundred percent guarantee you. And husbands, that's going to be the hardest but, thing yeah. to do. Like husbands, your wives need to know about your struggle. They are God's gift to you to help you in your walk with God, and. That's really what marriage is about. If you keep this secret from your wife, your conscience will bug you for the rest of your life. You know, you you got to be uh, open and honest w uh, with your uh, wives about this. Also, ladies, don't view your brothers as perverts or, you know, disgusting. You, you got to understand that God wired men to be visual and not to be sinful, but he uh, wired men a different way than uh, women, you have a responsibility not to be a stumbling block. Now, uh, women get so angry about that. And I, I see on uh, Facebook, anytime <laughs> somebody posts something about uh, modesty, women will just say, it's his responsibility not to look, not to have lustful thoughts. I can wear whatever I want. Okay, um, I remember Jesus saying something about uh, deny yourself. <laughs> now, you can't even be a disciple if you don't deny yourself. If Paul gave up meat for his brothers, you can give up your immodest clothing. Um, your your de your desire is to please God and have a gentle and quiet spirit. So, you know that's what it should be. So, if you want to just please yourself and do whatever you want, then go find a different religion. But don't yeah. don't keep wearing the name Christian 
And if you're having this attitude of, I yeah. can do whatever I want, I can wear, wear, wear whatever exactly. I want. Exactly. That, that's not Christianity. And that, and same for the, yeah, same for the guys. The guys shouldn't be like, uh, I have no choice because the girls are wearing this. And <laughs> like, and both things can be true at the exact same time. Men, c- control your thoughts. Uh, women, control your attitudes. And um, think of other people before yourself. <laughs> you know, our job as Christians is to help each other get to heaven. And that is our attitude. So to kind of wrap things up, hopefully this was a positive episode. We started out kind of talking about the negative stuff, but um, men, we want you to know it's good to it's good to like girls. Okay, it's it's good it's good to want sex, and there's nothing gross or nasty about the human body. So don't don't feel guilty about your God-given attraction towards uh, women. Just know you only get one, okay? <laughs> you only get one woman, one man, one woman for life. Enjoy your spouse. If you aren't married yet, wait. You know you have an obligation to deny res- yourself. To <laughs> deny yourself any sexual uh, temptations. You have an obligation to respect women, treat them with respect, love them respectfully, and when that special person comes, then you can resist your lustful thoughts until the honeymoon. You know, just be a man. Be manly. You know, it, this is what true manliness is. It's waiting. Or if you want to be like Paul, you can be like Paul and not get married at all. Um, <laughs> depending on what your your res- responsibility or, or function in the body of Christ is. But, you know, we as men, we have an obligation to be gentle, be protective, be leader, and be holy. Be a man. Women, be ladylike. <laughs> be respectable. Do your part of what God made you yeah to do i know a lot of what we said is not popular in modern day culture but we don't care because we're all about kingdom culture and what the bible says don't care you want to cancel us if you want to persecute us (laughs) that would be great (laughs) (laughs) yeah that means we're doing something right yeah although you know the goal is to persuade people to do what the bible says and these are things that i've struggled with I just want to know from my personal experience, transformation by the renewing of the mind works. Okay, this, but what we've gone through in this, this is what works. This is what gets you from that terrible slavery into freedom. Read one uh, one last power scripture, Galatians 2.20. All right. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith and in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. All right, so there you got something to believe in. Believe it. If you are in Christ, this is who you are. This this is reality. This will transform you from the inside out, will take you from that terrible, terrible slavery to absolute freedom, to actually serve God and to do what God wants you to do. Um, Amen. It's really awesome because... God is merciful and forgiving, <laughs> and yeah, this a transformation. You know, it helps prove to others. You know, once you've gone through this transformation, then you can help others uh, do it as well. All right, that's our episode. Until our next video, we'll see you. Oh, not uh, video. <laughs> we won't. We won't see you guys. We'll um, until our next. We'll know you guys are listening. Until our next podcast, we will see you guys.